Liz Corey. And I'm Katie King. And this is True Crime New England. England. Case Profile Edition. Ooh. Welcome, guys, to our very first Case Profile episode. Yes. We are so excited to have you here, and we are so excited to put this into motion. Mm Mm-hmm. This has been a passion project for Katie, most importantly. I want everyone to know that I did nothing. This This was was your idea. That's the only thing I contributed to Case Profiles. You did everything. (laughs) She's done a fantastic job um, posting on Instagram, finding these cases, making, making them known, and I appreciate that. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate it and the families of these missing, murdered people of color also appreciate it so thank you katie and i'm excited to be a part of it and it's gonna be great yeah so if you guys are not familiar with our case profiles um we started doing them maybe like once every two weeks or so on our instagram and our website yeah um for cases of people of color who are murdered missing usually cold cases. Mm -hmm. Um, The issue with these cases is we would have loved to do full, complete, entire episodes on them, Mm -hmm. but they are so underrepresented in the media with law enforcement attention that we just did not have the information to cover them in full. Right. And it was so disappointing, and we felt like they were just getting overlooked, and we didn't want to delete them off our list and forget about them completely, so... We started doing the case profiles on our social medias. Yep. And Liz thought what better way to expand upon our case profiles is to do mini episodes on them. Mm. So this will be good. This is our very first one. Thank you for joining. Um, the format, also Liz's idea, I think is genius. So the format is going to be a little bit different, but I think it'll be exciting to switch things up and you know we're going to get the job done and get right. these cases out there. Right. I can't take full credit for the format. I did take it from My Favorite Murder. Um, but to be fair, it's, you know, not an original idea for people to, sh- you know, story tell in pairs and switch off. Mm-hmm. A lot of other podcasts do it, but that's where I got it. So I figured we could do that. And then it also leaves a little mystery for you and I, Katie. Well, more me, because you researched all these cases to get case profiles. So I don't know what you're covering like, I don't know the story, and you probably don't know in super detail right, mine. exactly. So it's going to be good. We're going to get these names out there. Mm-hmm. Every two weeks we'll have a mini episode for you, and we really hope you guys listen and enjoy. So to start us off, it will be Katie's turn to give us her case profile, and I'm excited to hear what it's about and the details, so give it to me. Sure. Great. So I'm going to be covering the murder of Ronnie Almonte. For my sources, I have WPRI.com. That's it. That's it. Great. Okay. Yep, that's it. And I was so infuriated because this is a really crazy, violent murder. Mm -hmm. And there's only one source for this. Yeah, that's... that's And it's like a tiny article. Right. It's just a perfect example of why we're doing this. Exactly. On August 10th, 2011, in Lincolnwood State Park in Lincoln, Rhode Island, a park ranger came across a parked car that looked like it was left abandoned. 
It had been reported that this car was left in that location for several hours. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple different witnesses called in and said, you know, this car has been here a long time. We're getting kind of concerned. The windshield wipers were left on. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. That's weird. So state troopers were called, and they arrived, and they start circling the car. There's nobody inside, Hmm. but they notice that there is a significant amount of blood seeping from the trunk of the car. Oh, God. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no. They open the trunk. Hmm. Inside is the body of 25-year-old Ronnie Almonte. He had been bound and shot execution style in the back of the head. Oh, my God. And just abandoned, left in a parking lot for a state park. Wow. Maybe people were thinking, you know, people go hiking in state parks for hours on end. Maybe we can leave this car here for a good amount of time before anybody picks up on it. Oh, my God. People go camping. They park for days and they go camping. They go hiking for several hours. So I'm sure that was part of the motive of leaving the car where it was. Right. Ronnie was a father, and he was also the youngest of five siblings, and his family was just absolutely devastated. Yeah. Even though he was the youngest, he was always the protector of his siblings because they were mostly sisters. Yeah. So he was kind of the little brother, but he would step up and take care of his sisters, and he was just a really good guy, a really good family guy. That's sweet. Authorities came in, and they started painting this picture that Ronnie could have been murdered over drug money. Maybe he was involved in gang activity, drug activity. Ronnie's family says this is not the case at all whatsoever. And why did they think that? We can probably take a guess. That's ridiculous. Yep. Ronnie's sisters especially are saying that he was not involved in any criminal activity, period. He did not play around with drugs, period. He was a father. That was his goal. Right. He's 25 years old, he's a grown man, he's working, he's trying to provide for his family. Not with drugs, though. Right. So, Ronnie's family came up with a different theory where they think that there could have been a conflict with an acquaintance, not even a friend, Hmm. but an acquaintance over some stolen money. Oh. And they think that Ronnie could have been blamed for stealing this money, and that's why a target could have been on his back. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. That's such a ridiculous reason to kill someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a lot of good reasons to kill someone, but that's right. over money. Right. I hate that. It seems like a very targeted attack, very personal. I mean, he was bound and shot execution style and shoved in a trunk yeah. and left abandoned. And it looked like they left the car in a hurry because they left the car on and the windshield wipers were on. Right. And, you know, that's silly because wouldn't that bring more attention to the car? Right. That's why people called it in in the first place is they were like, this car has been here for hours and it's still running and the windshield wipers are on. Maybe something happened. Weird. Yeah. Ronnie was recently added to the Rhode Island cold case deck of cards in hope that this will get his case out there and someone will come forward. He is the three of diamonds in this deck. Um, For these decks of cards, they make them with different cold cases Mm -hmm. and they distribute the cards to incarcerated individuals in prisons, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of sad because imagine you're in there for a nonviolent drug offense and you're trying to play a game of cards and there's all these murdered people. Yeah. Yeah. But they do this in hopes that maybe someone who's serving time for a different crime knows somebody that did something or 
wants to fess up to this one. Right. I don't know. But they do it as kind of a way to get these cases out there, which I think is, I mean, it's, there could be worse ways to do it. Absolutely. This case is still cold, and anyone with any information on the murder of Ronnie Almonte is asked to please contact the Rhode Island tip line at 1-877-RI-SOLVE. And that's the murder of Ronnie Almonte. Can you say again when this was? This was back in August in 2011 okay. in Rhode Island. Okay. Wow. That is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Leaving, like, how obvious can you be leaving a car running with blood seeping out the trunk and the windshield wipers going? That just, to me, is like, do you want to be caught? Right. It was sloppy, it was quick, and it was very targeted and very violent. And yet no one's been found. Right. And there was only one measly article about this. That's so ridiculous. Yep. Jesus. It should have made national news. I mean, when we were talking about doing this episode, I referenced this case. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And to have nobody know about it, it's just so sad. It's really sad and not fair. Mm -hmm. And to automatically assume that it was maybe from drugs or gang violence, that's fucking racist. Classic. Yep. (laughs) Classic. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. That's very interesting. Poor, that's, ugh. Mm-hmm. That poor man deserves justice. His family, his child, his children. Oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. Well, ironically, we're going to stay in Rhode Island. Okay. This was unplanned. We're not going to stick to certain states. I don't, because it's unrealistic. Right. Um, a large majority of these cases come from Massachusetts. Yes. Secondly, uh, Connecticut. And then Rhode Island somehow. And yeah. then there's like none in Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire. Right. We maybe have like a handful yeah. sprinkled in, but... Barely. Yeah. We're just going to kind of pick these off a list and research them separate and tell them to each other. Exactly. So we may have overlapping in states, but honestly, that's not really the point. Mm-hmm. The point is that it's in New England and we're going to talk about these cases. Yes. Give them some attention. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you um, the story of the murder of... Chansey Sayavong. Um, I'll set the scene for you. On the afternoon of February 4th, 1994, there were two men who were standing on a rocky beach which overlooked Narragansett Bay. And of course, this is located in Rhode Island. The particular town that this was in was Cranston, Rhode Island. These two men were, you know, it's not uncommon for people of New England to go to the beach when it's cold and Mm -hmm. it snowed the night before because the waves and the beach are like insanely pretty and the waves are like chunky with ice it's very interesting um and it's a good way to like you know walk on the beach still you bundle up and it's pretty okay so these two men were standing there there had been snowfall the night before and they noticed something bobbing in the water like 15 feet from shore so pretty close And to their horror, they realized it was a body. Now, the Cranston police were called. They come and they realize, to their horror, that they found the body of 29-year-old Chansey Sayavong, who was reported missing last night, the night before, you know, February 3rd. Um, Chansey was from Laos, so near Vietnam, Cambodia, and he was a recent immigrant to America. I believe he'd only been here six months. Wow. Give or take? Yeah. Um, He lived here in Cranston with his brother, whose name was 
Odom Saudnarath, which I definitely pronounced wrong, and I do apologize, but I just kind of pronounced it phonetically. Um, according to Odom, he said last night, the night before, all of a sudden, Chance was like, I'm going to go out. And it was snowing, and it was kind of like heavily snowing. And Odom was like, okay, like you want to go out? Go out, fine. He was wearing a white short sleeve Ralph Lauren polo shirt, blue jeans, black shoes, and that's what he was found in, in the, in the water. Um, he was last seen alive, leaving his apartment. And then, of course, the next morning, 12 hours later, he was discovered in the water. The weird thing, though, is that that night, overnight, police get a call of a car on fire. And it's a 1985 Dodge Colt, which, unsurprisingly, is Chauncey's car. Holy shit. Right. So they find his car. It's on fire. He's not in there, but everything's burned inside. And then a few hours later, they come upon his body in the ocean. Not super far away, but not close, like not right on top of each other. So it was like, what the hell? Um, They had no idea who did this. They had no clues, no suspects. The only thing that they speculated on was that it was assumed and given like his history and kind of not well known that Chauncey was gay. And so they thought perhaps maybe it was a hate crime. Mm -hmm. He was Asian and he was also supposedly a gay man, which people are the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, they're homophobic and they're racist. For sure. To some people, that's a reason to kill someone. So that's supposedly what they were thinking. Um, unfortunately, you know, this was in 1994. Nothing came of it. Not a thing. You know, it just kind of was a cold case. He was discovered. His car was burned. That's it. That's really sad. You know, in 2015, they, like you said, with the cards and the cold case cards they kind of reopened a whole bunch of cold cases and this was one of them and um one of the detectives that was on his case a man named robert santagata he and i hate this he says that a lot of the places that chance frequented when he was alive are no longer there which you know mm-hmm. we hate that shit oh because there goes evidence for sure a hundred percent and people who hang out at these places It's ridiculous. And to be fair, 20 years have passed. So this detective, Santagata, he claims that police are aware of the murder weapon, but they've never released what it was. And they also didn't release how he died, but they said the manner in which he died was very brutal. (gasps) But a lot of places and sources kind of imply that he was bludgeoned to death. He had head injuries. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was not... Like a, it seems like it was kind of overkill, if I'm being honest. Like For personal. sure. Yeah. Um, he also thought that maybe there was more than one person involved in the murder. Um, and that's all they know or can speculate on. And that's the last update was 2015. So anyone with information, same with what you said, can call one eight seven seven ri solved Or you can also go to call Detective Michael Iacconi of the Special Victims Unit at 401-477-5062. The sources that I got 
this information from was also WPRI and the Cranston, Rhode Island patch page. So yeah, no idea. Holy fuck. Yeah. And again, two sources. Right. Hello, this should be all over the place. Just for the fact alone that he was discovered in the water. Oh, and then his car is on fire. That's weird. Those are two opposite elements. Mm -hmm. Why is this happening? Right. Right? It's also he was, they won't even release how he was killed. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then the aspect that he's most likely a gay man. Yep. That adds a whole bunch of stuff. Right, and he's Asian, and Mm -hmm. he's an immigrant, so now you have a triple threat Mm -hmm. of people who are awful and atrocious and racist and xenophobic and homophobic. It's everything. Literally, and two articles. And I'll tell you, these two articles had a lot of the same information. Yep. Classic. copy and paste kind of thing, so. Classic. That's how it goes, everyone. Wow. Yeah. That is so upsetting, and you know when they don't like to talk about the manner in which someone died, it's really brutal. It's brutal. And of course that leads your mind to uh, speculate and Mm -hmm. imagine, and it's just, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. Poor, these poor men, you know? A recent immigrant, a father for your guy, it's just not fair. No coverage because they're people of color Mm -hmm. and the world is racist and just not fair that is ridiculous yeah i know it's so sad wow yeah but it is important for these cases to be talked about and i'm glad they can be so you know we'll do this as long as we can and you and i both know the cases are far and few in between because Mm -hmm. this is new england yep and we are predominantly white (laughs) um all other races, literally African American, Hispanic, Asian, you know, Native, Pacific Islander, all everything makes up like such a small yeah. portion, <laughs> like a little itty bitty fraction. All of, all of those races, right? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So of course, there's not going to be a whole bunch that we can report on, but we do have a good list. So we'll do this as long as we can. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Same rules apply here. If you guys have a case that you know of, someone you know, something you've heard of, something from your state, hometown, of a person of color who was murdered or is missing and there's not a lot of information, send us their information. You know, like we will put it to our list and we'll, mm-hmm. you know, like we want to cover these cases because New England is so white. Yeah. And I think that automatically makes it so people of color are just not talked about. For sure. And it's an issue, unfortunately, nationwide where they just don't get the media coverage and attention because the media would rather talk about a missing white woman for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And And, every single source talks about it. And that's great. Yeah. Because as we know, it helps these cases get solved. And maybe part of the reason that the vast majority of the cases we have set aside to cover on these case profiles are unsolved Mm. is because they got no media attention. Right. And as we know, media attention helps cases get solved. Exactly. So even if we're doing this just to, you know, a few, barely a few thousand people, we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. I also want to point out that we are not counting fucks 
in this in these episodes. I was just about to say that. Thank you. Just because, <laughs> you know, if you listen to our regular episodes, you'll know that we um, keep track of how many times we say fuck in an episode and we donate money uh, over 10 episodes to a different cause. While we love doing that, these just don't account for it. So, fuck! <laughs> But most importantly, thank you for listening, guys. Mm-hmm. Again, if you have any suggestions for us, please let us know. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, we will see you on Thursday for our regularly scheduled programming with a full episode. And we will try to be doing these about every two weeks or so on Sundays. All right. A little something for your holy day. <laughs> Amen, sister. All right. And uh, with that, we'll, we'll see you later. Toodles! Bye!